thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. We take uh, this teaching from the book of Corinthians. Paul was writing this letter to the church at Corinth, which was an immature and fleshly church. Important that we know that. And immature because it was young, fleshly because they were mixing pagan practices with godly practices, not unlike the world that we live in today. Do you know that that happens today? I mean, the, the scriptures so parallel where we're living today. They really do. And so Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth because he's trying to get them to become dependent on God and dependent on the person of the Holy Spirit. We at Car Street, as you at Ward Road have been doing, have been navigating through the book of Acts more than a moment. The, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus was more than a moment. And, and, and the follow-up of that was God empowering the church of Jesus Christ to do what he's called us to do which is not just to bide our time until we go to heaven. It, it, it is to not only possess, not only to occupy, but to exercise the authority of the believer in the world that we live in today. Do you know that God is completely dependent on that? He actually set it up in such a way that He is dependent upon us walking out the gifts that He's given to us today. So we're working our way through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where Paul describes, first of all, these nine gifts, and we call them manifestation gifts because they're gifts that are manifest in the life of a believer. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit according to the Scriptures. So the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. And inside of the person of the Holy Spirit is this unique, powerful God who wants to operate in and through the believers. And there's many, many, many ways that he does that. But in 1 Corinthians, there's nine specific ways that he does that. So there's more, but there's nine specific ways. And God wants us to encounter him through these gifts and use those gifts as a demonstration of who he is. So we broke this down two weeks ago, and I know Pastor Jason as well. We broke this down in, in as simple a way as we can. And I want to as a, as a way of review, just tell you how we're navigating through the gifts. So if we would categorize the gifts, just for clarification, we would say that there are three of them that are gifts of revelation. So Pastor Jason last week talked about word of wisdom and word of knowledge. Those are gifts of revelation, God revealing something about something or someone. The other gift that fits into that is discerning of spirits, which we're going to talk about tonight. So those are gifts of revelation. The next are gifts of inspiration, which would be tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy, which we heard tonight. So those are gifts of inspiration meant to inspire the people of God, not only the people of God, but the world as well. And then gifts of power, faith, healing, and miracles. Those are gifts that should be demonstrated and should be operating in the lives of believers. Do you believe it? If you believe it, say amen. Okay, so here's my question. Are they operating in your life? And if not, why not? Is it because you lack confidence? Is it because you lack understanding? One of my favorite things to do in the world is to put people in a position where they can get their confidence boosted. 
Just set them up in such a way that you set them up to do something. I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. But you set it up in such a way that they experience it and it bolsters or boosts their confidence. Don't you do that as a parent with your children? Don't you think God would want to do that with the gifts of the Spirit? The gifts of the Spirit are something that God wants demonstrated through our lives as believers, but it often comes through the bolstering of confidence. And confidence can only come if we step out. True? I mean, you're never going to learn to ride a bike if you don't get a bike. You're never going to learn to walk if you don't try to walk. You're never going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit if you're not open to it. Right? You, we've got to be open to it. So let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, and let's work through this. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that yet when you were pagans, somehow or another... <clears throat> You were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, say, that's me. Say it like you mean it. Now, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them. To one there is given through the Spirit of the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the same Spirit. Talked about those last week. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. And to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits. Boldened, because we're going to talk about that tonight. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. To another still the interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines. So the gifts are there and the gifts are available. The question is, are we operating in them? Do we understand them? Are we open to them, and are we allowing God to work in our lives? So I want to challenge you by, first of all, saying something that I said on Sunday at Car Street to the people, and it's not on your notes. I just wrote it on mine, and, and it's this. Are you willing, first of all, and, and I'm talking about in relation to the gifts of the Spirit, are you willing to step up? Are you willing to step up and say, God, I want these gifts working and flowing in my life. Are you willing to step up, and then are you willing to step out? Because the Bible says that these gifts are given for the common good. So we've got to be willing, first of all, to step up and say, God, that's me. I am willing. And then we've got to be willing to step out. And then we've got to step into, with boldness and confidence, what God has for us. There, there is nothing really more beautiful than somebody that is moving in the gifts of, a, of the Spirit in confidence and in authority. When, when you pray for somebody and you're moving in the gifts of the Spirit and the authority of God because of the confidence of stepping out in those gifts is moving, that, that's an unstoppable force. When God was birthing the church, He wanted it to be an unstoppable force. And, and it's meant to still be an unstoppable force. We cannot do it in our own strength. Isn't that true? You and I cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. So He's given us these gifts. And, and tonight I'm going to talk about discerning of spirits. And I, and I want to say a couple things 
as we get into this. And first of all, let me just say that whatever your experience has been when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, maybe you grew up in, in a denomination or a church or a home where somebody said to you, the gifts are not for today. Maybe you grew up and you were somewhere where you saw an abuse of the gifts. And you saw the pendulum swing over here to where people were just being ridiculous. And so you then all of a sudden formed an opinion about those gifts. And, and let me tell you that if that is in fact the case, that is the ploy of the enemy. That is the ploy and the strategy of the enemy to keep us from stepping out in the authority of these gifts that God has given to us. So he doesn't want us to be ignorant. So let me give you point number one, and let, us, let me just work through this outline with us. Point number one is this. There can be no healthy function or flow of God's gifts where they are despised, neglected, or abused. Let me say that again. There can be no healthy function or flow of God's gifts where they are despised, neglected, or abused. Every one of those happens. It's all woven through the Bible where people were abusing the gifts for selfish gain. It happens in the world today. Who better, who better than to demonstrate the authenticity of the gifts than somebody that has the Holy Spirit in them, right? But so, so there's not going to be a healthy function in any individual or in any church if those gifts are despised. And sometimes they're just despised because we were told they're no good. Or we were told those were just for the book of Acts. They're no longer for today. So they become despised or they become neglected. If you are neglecting the gifts that God has put in you, my question is why? Why would you neglect them? And, and again, if we come back to this and we think about this, as we get into this, the, the, the reason that we would neglect them is because the enemy doesn't want them, us to use those gifts. And then if you've been somewhere, where you've seen the gifts abused. I have seen the gifts abused. And maybe many of you in this room have seen the gifts abused. What would be our responsibility? Wouldn't it be the same as a parent when we see our children behaving badly? We would love them into correction, wouldn't we? The enemy would like nothing more than to silence the church. It would like nothing more than to silence the church. What would the church look like if it was firing on all cylinders, if the gifts of God were flowing in the body in the way that God desired for them to flow? When you read the book of Acts, that was what was happening. The gifts were flowing. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge was flowing. Faith, healing, and miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, discerning of spirits, all of those things were happening, and we need them today. Why do we need them today? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in high places. So, on your outline, discerning of spirits, the supernatural ability to identify the nature and character of spirits seen and unseen, the doorway into the spiritual world. That's what discerning of spirits is, or distinguishing of spirits. It is not discernment. It is specifically what the Bible says it is. It is discerning of spirits. It's not discernment. We're not talking about natural discernment. We are talking about what the Bible calls it, which is discerning or distinguishing of spirits, depending on the translation. 
So why would we need a gift like that? The Bible is woven from Old Testament to New Testament with reasons and examples of why we would need to understand what the gift of distinguishing of spirits is about. I'm going to give us just a few tonight, just a couple actually. But my encouragement and my challenge to you is going to be search the matter out for yourself. There is nothing that will build more confidence in you or in me than when we search something out for ourselves. So let me start by telling you what the gift is not, and it's on your outline. First of all, it's not finding fault in people. Discerning of spirits, distinguishing of spirits is not license from the Holy Spirit to become judge and jury. If you see that happening in the church, it's unhealthy and it's unbiblical and it's the flesh and it needs to be spoken into. It is not somebody going around and saying, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit, and, and we become, we're on this mission to find fault. Why don't we just all raise our hands and just say, hey, we all have sin, so quit looking, right? You have sin, raise your hand. Thank you. So see that? So we don't need anybody looking for fault. We got enough around, right? So it is not the gift of finding fault in people. Do you know there will be people in the church like that? Let's help love them correct. Let's help love them into that is not a gift. That is not a gift. It is also not mind reading. Discerning of spirits is not mind reading. You, you will find, you will find in the arts, you will find in shows, you, you don't have to go very far to find the cheap entertainment of mind reading. And, and wouldn't it be just like the enemy to take the gifts of God like he does with any other false doctrine? He tries to align it as closely with the truth as he can, but tip the scales into bad doctrine. So discerning of spirits is not mind reading. If you go to a show and somebody is practicing mind reading, that is witchcraft. That is not discerning of spirits. That is not a gift from God. That is witchcraft. It's woven through the Scriptures. Witchcraft is woven through the Scriptures. That is not what discerning of spirits is. We're going to find out what it is in just a minute, but it's important to know what it's not. People today are fascinated, fascinated with the dark arts. Are they not? I mean, tens of millions, if not billions of dollars are made on, on mysticism and dark arts. Who would that come from? That comes from the enemy. And so discerning of spirits is not that. It is what the Bible says it is. It is not, the next bullet point, it is not spiritual witchcraft or phenomena. That is not what it is. It is not spiritual witchcraft. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament where Paul sought the counsel of the witch of Endor? That is not what we're, that is witchcraft. That is not discerning of spirits. Let me give you another definition which is on your outline. To discern spirits is a supernatural ability enabled by God's Holy Spirit that allows a person to determine the source of a spiritual manifestation, whether it emanates from God, the devil, the world, or man. If we have this gift, God will reveal information about the presence or the absence of spiritual entities. Usually people regard this gift as a useful as useful to detect evil spiritual forces or influences. It can also detect the presence or absence of angelic intervention or the prompts of God's Holy Spirit working within us. That's discerning of spirits. Let me read something else to you that I just pulled up. And again, I'm just trying to give you a little bit of information as we dive into this. 
The manifestation of discerning of spirits is more than just recognizing or distinguishing them or even discerning or distinguishing the common ways. Here's what the Greek says. The manifestation of discerning of spirits involves more than just knowledge. It involves entering into battle against casting them out. Think about this for a minute. Why would God want us to discern a spirit from the enemy just to empower us with information? To get them out. In other words, in other words if, if we discern a spirit, and in the scriptures you can find, I'll just give you a few, seducing spirits, all in the Bible, lying spirits, mute spirits, spirit of murder, spirit of infirmity, a deaf spirit, blind, unclean. You could, you could list 30 or 40 specific spirits in the scriptures. Why would God reveal them? Every time a spirit was identified by Jesus, he dealt with the spirit. So discerning of spirits is an offensive gift. In other words, if, if, if the gift of discerning of spirits is operating in your life, it's for offensive purposes, not informational purposes. It's not just to inform us, oh, there's something happening over there. There's something demonic happening over there. I was in the basement of a house where in the 30s someone was murdered. And we were down there praying over the basement. We were praying and praying. We were anointing the windows because we were going to use this home for a, a place for the youth to hang out. And we knew we needed to go in there and we needed to pray. And we're praying and we did some research and we found out that somebody had been murdered in that house. We, all, we already knew that. So we were praying. And as we were praying and we were anointing the windows, there was a demonic spirit in that basement. I'm not saying this to be weird. There was a demonic spirit in that basement, and every time we would anoint an, a window, that, that spirit would move to another part of the room because we were anointing that window. And it came to the place where we had anointed every window in that place, and there was only one way out, and that was through the door. And we declared, and we spoke to that thing, and we drove it out of there. We saw that thing, and we drove it out of there. Now, listen, I am not a witch hunter. I am not talking about, I'm not talking about, please hear my heart when I say this. Please hear me when I say this. I'm not talking about I'm trying to find a demon every time I open a door. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about God gives these gifts for the common good. And, and if God quickens to you the gift of discerning of spirits, and all of a sudden God allows you to see something, whether you see it in the natural and it's actually manifest, or you see it in the spirit and God tells you what it is and you begin to speak to it, it's for an offensive purpose. So it's, it, it involves more than just knowledge. It involves entering into battle against them and casting them out. We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in high places. What does is, what is the Bible say in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8? What does it say? Somebody quote it. What does it say about your enemy? The roaring lion. What does it say? Prowling around, right? Prowling around, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy's on the hunt all the time. And we've got this gift inside of us that's an offensive gift called discerning of spirits. The Greek word translated discerning has several meanings. It can mean a distinguishing or differentiation. Also, it can mean a quarrel. One of the definitions is decision to battle, quarrel, or dispute. It's in the context of dealing with demons, 
Discerning is much more than just mentally discerning and knowing. It has overtones of quarreling or fighting. So we're talking about something, we're talking about something that's offensive. So if and when discerning of spirits is operating in your life, you walk into a situation and you sense or you discern God reveals something to you in the spirit. What do you do? You go into offensive mode. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You begin to pray. You begin to pray in the spirit. You begin to speak the word. Every single one of these gifts, the parameters for the operation of these gifts is found in the word of God, and that's it. It is found contained in the pages of the word of God. It does not go outside of the word of God. Somebody says to you they're operating in the gifts of the spirit and it's outside of the word of God, it is not the gifts of the spirit. It's not. So we can know that. Somebody says, well, I'm moving in the Spirit, and then they're doing something that's contrary to the Word of God. No, they are not moving in the Spirit. They are not moving in the Spirit. So keep that in mind, that the gift is not about finding fault. It's not about trying to mind read. It's not about which... It's not, it's not that. Here's what it is. What the gift does... It does this. It gives us the ability to see into the unseen spiritual world. That's what the gift does. It gives us the ability to see into the unseen world. It also gives us the ability to discern spirits, good and evil. I remember one time, the first time I was ever exposed to something like this, and I didn't actually see it. But I was living at the student residence right across the street over there, and I had just moved in, and I didn't know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the difference between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything. I had just gotten saved. I, and I, we were walking over to the building, and it was right before Israel Awareness Day, and I remember we were walking over to the building, and I remember a guy, the guy I was walking with, just he hit me in the chest with his backhand. And he stopped, and he pointed, and he said, do you see it? And I said, do I see what? And I'm, he said, do you see it right there? Do you see it? And I'm looking up there thinking, I'm looking for an airplane or I'm looking for birds. I didn't know what I was looking for. And then he said, don't you see the angels? I said, what are you talking about? Don't you see the angels? And he begins to describe to me vividly this chariot of angels that was, that was going around the top of the building over there. Right before Israel Awareness Day, in the early days when the death threats were coming, don't you dare do Israel Awareness Day. And there was this, he saw this thing. And we walked into the building. And the gym over there is still there. And I went to walk down the hallway to go to the bathroom. He said, stop. I said, stop, why? He said, don't you see the angel? I didn't see the angel. He said the angel was standing in the doorway. It's not even a doorway, it's a pathway. And the angel was as wide as the doorway and as tall as the doorway, and he saw it. Discerning of spirits is that, that gift that God will allow you to see what you need to see when you need to see it. Whether it's, whether it's an angel from God. How many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament did people entertain angels? The Bible says, beware you may be entertaining angels. Unawares. Pay attention. How many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament were people visited by angels and they were allowed to see them? You could just go example after example, every example. So the gift is the ability to discern spirits, good and evil. You know, sometimes we just need to be encouraged. How would your day go if you woke up and you saw an angel sitting next to you in your car? How would that go? Would you like that? Like that, just driving wrong, and all of a sudden there's, a, there's an angel. I had an angel pick my car up one time. Pick my car up and move my car 30 miles 
I promise you, on the word of God, that happened to me. And I had another person in the car with me. He picked the car. We didn't even turn the car on. And he picked the car up, moved it from Littleton, put it in the parking lot where we lived at the student residence. It happened to me. I experienced it. Saw it and experienced it. This is the God we serve. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about sensationalism. I'm not talking about goofy. I'm talking about what the Word of God says. Discerning of spirits. Here's what 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 says. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. So if it doesn't come from God, it comes from somewhere. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. I love that. That is, I can get that. Well, that's good. I read that. I get that. Somebody tells me something. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, rose again? If they don't answer yes, I'm turning around and walking away. I'm saying, you're a false prophet. Right? I don't have to have a degree to do that. I, all I got to do is know what the Bible says. And the Bible says if they don't acknowledge Jesus, they're not from God. So, such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. We need to be able to discern the spirits around us so we can pray against them. When something's coming against your family, you need to be able to discern it. And you need to be able to pray against it and come against it and combat it in the authority of God's word. And if God reveals what it is, then you pray against it specifically. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty, the pulling down of strongholds. And, and this is what God's Word says. This is not my opinion. This is what God's Word says. We need the gift of discerning of spirits moving and operating in our midst. I want that. I want people that are sensing and seeing things. What would it be like if, if you were functioning in your gifts and I was functioning in my gifts? How strong we would be. How confident we would be. How impactful we would be. People out there that are going to hell. People out there that are dying. And we could, we could minister the love of Jesus to people. Unfortunately, one of the ploys of the enemy has said, you better not mess around with the gifts. You better not fool around with that because, you know, you start doing that and all of a sudden people are going to start getting, they're going to get a little weird on you. you. You know what kind of people you're going to attract when you start operating? Listen, bring them. I say bring them. I say bring them and bring them and bring them. Let's introduce them to Jesus. Let's show them what the Word says and let's let that be that. Right? We, we had a lady at Car Street on Sunday. Somebody was praying for her. And I could see that the Spirit of God was working and moving, and it was something she was not used to. And the, just got the hand right there, and down she went. And, and I just watched the Spirit of God, and just knowing her story, just watching the Spirit of God minister to her. And the power of God working in our lives, we need that. We don't need to fear that. Every time in the Bible when discerning of spirits is observed, it was in connection with the divine plan of God. Think about that. Every single time 
without exception in the Bible, when you see or read about the discerning of spirits, it's always in connection with the divine plan of God, and it always impacted somebody. We're going to look at an Old Testament example and a New Testament example right now. But every single time, I'm just going to give you two, but every single time, this is exactly how it worked. So I'm going to look at one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. Look, my water bottle's still here. I didn't have to turn around, didn't have to stress. Whoever put this here, thank you. Was that you, Luis? Where's Luis? Whoever put it here, I'm grateful. You doing okay? Say, I'm fine. It's only 7.35. We have plenty of time, right? You're not ready to go home yet. Sun's out later, and Jesus is on the throne. We're going to sing a little bit more. and Just turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad I'm at church. And I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. Okay, you ready? Old Testament example. Say, give it to me. Say it like you want it. Okay, here we go. Number two, the gift served, and I'm going to give you the point, and then we're going to read it. The gift served to embolden and empower Elisha for ministry. I want you to think about, for just a minute, I want you to think about Elisha and Elijah. So Elijah is this prophet, and he walks along, and he comes upon this guy by the name of Elisha, and he just touches Elisha. All of a sudden, something happens on the inside of Elisha, and Elisha has to follow Elijah. And for the next couple years, Elisha is following Elijah. And here's what the Bible says. When they came to the other side, and I'm picking this story up in the middle, it's almost time for Elijah's ministry to end and Elisha's ministry to start. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, after a couple years of following him, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. So here's Elijah that's done all of these amazing things. Elijah says, hey, what can I do for you before I leave? Just give me what you had. I I just want a double portion of what you had. Here's what the Bible says. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. That's an interesting, wonder why, I'm going to ask Elijah why. Wonder why he said that. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. How many of you would like to see that? So Elijah says to Elisha, if you see me taken away. In other words, if you see something manifest in the supernatural, you see me taken away, you're going to inherit a double portion of what I have. Elijah was carried away by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots. I see the charioteers of Israel, and they've disappeared from your sight. Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Why? Why was it important for Elijah to have Elisha see into the spirit realm? Because Elisha was going to be the man that did twice as many miracles as Elijah. Do you know that? Twice as many? He, he performed twice as many miracles as Elijah. And it was important in the Old Testament. The prophet of God, Elijah, said, you need to be able to see into the supernatural realm. If you want what I have, you need to be able to see what happens in the supernatural realm. And then here's a story in 2 Kings. Not long after that, Elisha is the man. He's got the mantle now, and he's moving in the authority of God and the children of Israel in the midst of a battle, and here's what the Bible says. 
One night the king of Aram sent an army, a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God, so the servant of Elisha, saw that, he got up early the next morning and went outside. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Here's what Elisha said. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than there are on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, now listen to this. Elijah said you need to see into the spirit realm. Here's Elisha months or years later. Then Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with chariots of fire. I want you to think about that for just a minute. So Elijah says to Elisha before he leaves, you need to see me taken away. You need to see into the spirit realm. He sees into the spirit realm. Here, months or years later, the the people around Elisha are troubled because they're outnumbered in battle. You know, sometimes we're outnumbered in battles, and the gift of discerning of spirits allows us to see what we don't see in the natural. And all of a sudden, God peels back the layers, and all of a sudden, we begin to see into the spirit realm, and we see that they're out there. If we could see into the spirit realm, do you know what kind of confidence we would have today? If we could truly see that they are, God is for us and not against us? The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw all of that. So it was important for an Old Testament prophet to have his protege's eyes open into the spirit realm. It was important to the Spirit of God. It was important to Jesus that there be a gift accessible to his people that would allow us to see into the supernatural realm. It was important to God so that we can see when there's battle, that there's soldiers out there fighting on our behalf. It's important so that we can see into the Spirit when there's something coming against our family, something coming against our children, we can pray against it. God wants us to see that. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it because maybe you've seen abuses of it. Don't be afraid of it. So certainly the gift did embolden and empower Elisha. Let me give you a New Testament example with Paul in the book of Acts. Number three, this gift brought clarity and strategy. Let me read this to you. In the book of Acts, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to get saved. Sounds good so far, right? Sounds good so far. These men are servants of the Most High God. They've come to tell you how to get saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and he said to the demon within her, Notice this. He said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. So this gift, discerning of spirits, we're going to just dig through this scripture for just a minute, but this gift of discerning of spirits in the New Testament brought to Paul with this demon-possessed girl. I want you to imagine, Paul's doing ministry, the disciples are doing ministry, and this girl who's demon-possessed is following them and even saying things that are biblical. These men are telling you how to get saved. But, but what this gift was going to do is it was going to bring to Paul a clarity and a strategy. The discerning of spirit gift 
will bring clarity and strategy to you as an individual. It will bring clarity and strategy. There are times you don't know what to do. Isn't that true? How many, how many of you have ever been in a situation where you just haven't known what to do? Discerning of spirits will give you a strategy and clarity. So let me give you a couple things that we find in this scripture. First of all, Paul was not intimidated. Do not be intimidated. When God reveals something to you, don't be intimidated by it. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Right? So don't be intimidated. Paul was not intimidated. He put up with it for a season, and then he said enough was enough. Have you done that in your life? Have you put up with something long enough, and now you're saying I'm done with it? And God, discerning of spirits, Lord, let that gift flow so I can have a wisdom and a strategy in how to pray to come against those things that are coming against me. Every day something is coming against you. Every day. The enemy is intimidated by you. So every day something is coming against you. But Paul was not intimidated. The second thing, and it's very important, he spoke directly to the demon. He spoke direct. He didn't speak to the girl. This girl was demon-possessed, but what? Discerning of spirits, you're seeing what you're seeing in the spirit. He spoke to the demon. The demon was controlling the girl, and he spoke directly to the demon. So discerning of spirits is that gift that when it's operating and flowing, it's going to deal directly in the supernatural realm. wasn't going to do Paul any good to tell the girl to shut up because she was being manipulated and controlled by a demon. So discerning of spirits allowed Paul to see that, and he spoke directly to the demon. That takes boldness. That takes authority. And that takes confidence to be able to do that. The next one is this. It was not a request, but a command. I, I, want, I, I just imagine how Paul said it. I, I can imagine how Paul said it. I'm pretty sure he didn't tiptoe around it. He probably looked at that girl, put the fear of God in that girl by the look. I have a look I give to people sometimes. I don't do it on purpose. I was actually told this week, you gave somebody the look. This thing troubles me, I'm telling you. It troubles me. I was trying to build confidence in a young man. We were in a meeting. And uh, two weeks before that, I like meetings to start on time. If I'm running a meeting, it's going to start on time. And if it doesn't start on time, more than once, I'm going to say something. It's my meeting. I'm going to run it. It's going to start on time. And I apparently gave the young man a look. I apologized. So I know that, so I'm just thinking Paul gave her the look, but it wasn't her he was given the look. It wasn't her. He, he was seeing through, you know, sometimes discerning of spirits, you're seeing the broken vessel. You're seeing the person that is sin crippled. You are seeing the person that has been abused all of their life and is told they're worthless and they're no good and they're ugly and they'll never amount to anything. And they look like this broken thing. And that demon in there has been lying to them for decades. You're worthless. You're no good. You'll never amount to anything. You're this. You're that. You're this. You're that. And with the authority of God, you look past that. And you speak to that demonic. Like Paul did. And he did it with boldness and authority. We need to be doing that. Do you know that there are people that come in this building on weekends that are oppressed and some possessed? Do you know that? I'm glad they're in the building. I'm glad they're in the building. I'm glad they're in here because we can deal with it. 
We need to be educated. You're walking around and all of a sudden you discern a spirit and God tells you to confront it and you confront it. That's what a biblical church does. That's what a New Testament, hello, that's what a New Testament church does. And that's what we're called to be, right? So, it is not a request. Jesus never requested those, hey, I'm hoping, guys, 38 years, this poor guy, can you think about leaving in the next week? Can you imagine Jesus doing that? No way. No way. It was a request, not a request, it was a command. And then, last one. He called on and relied on the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's not my strength. It is not your strength. It is in the name of Jesus. I, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to do this. I want to encourage you. And the internet is such a helpful thing anymore. Find Old Testament examples where the gift of discerning of spirits was in operation. Go to the New Testament. We could have spent all day just looking at example after example after example. But here's what's important for us to know. It is a gift of revelation. Because we're living in a, in a world where we can't see what's happening in the supernatural, we can see what's happening in the supernatural when the Holy Spirit is working and operating in our lives. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.